Welcome to another episode of the Nappy Glamour podcast. I'm your host, Lex, and here on Nappy Glamour, we discuss all things black culture, all things beauty, and all of the colorful places in between. So if this is your first time listening, then hello, girl, sir, madam, mademoiselle, welcome on in to the Nappy Glam fam. We are so happy to have you on today. And to those of you who are joining for another week of what is going to be fun chats about what's been going on in the world, well, welcome on back. So excited to have all of you listening today. Now, you know, I like to say that if you are listening to me, it's no coincidence that you are. So grab your tea, grab your coffee, a blanket. I don't know, whatever it is that you're feeling, girl, grab it on in. Let's settle on down and get into what are going to be some pretty cool topics for us to chat about this week. All right, so let's go ahead and hop on in. I need to know, before we get started on any of the cultural topics, how are you guys doing? You know what I think I need to do? Every week I need to just have a moment to ask y'all how y'all doing out here since Rona still ain't left us. Let's call it the Rona check-in. How are y'all doing? How are things going? How's the family? Your mama good? Your daddy good? Your cousin them's good? Everybody good? All right. All right. Well, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. You know, here over at the Nappy Glam household, we are doing all right. Heading, um, staying strong, staying strong, heading into August. Now we're steady into the first week of August and you know, ain't much change. You know, ain't much change. There's a couple more restaurants open. You can do more than Uber Eats now. Um, I live in the Northeast, so you guys know the malls still haven't opened. So I'm still heavily, you know, spending all my good money on Amazon. Um, but for all intents and purposes, I am doing well. My family's doing well. Super blessed that no one has really been terribly affected by the coronavirus. So I'm hoping the same for you guys. Um, so yeah, the government is out here still kind of trying to figure out what the second stimulus uh, package is going to look like. I know that a lot of us received the first stimulus package, which included um, some monies in addition to um, if you are on unemployment benefits, about $600 a week in unemployment benefits. Um, that is up for debate currently still. The Democrats want to hold it at $600 um, for the second stimulus uh, round of stimulus. Um, the Republicans obviously want to cut it down. I think it's closer to the $200 or $300 number. Uh, so how do you, is everyone feeling about that? How are we feeling about life right about now? I know there are tons of individuals who have lost their jobs in this pandemic and things are just looking a little crazy. So Knowing that some relief, a second wave is on the way, just wanted to check in and see how everyone is doing. I have to say, too, also, that my home state of Florida is just really acting up, acting up out here. I don't know what's going down on in the South. Let me not lie. I know what's going down in the South. People miss the beach. People miss walking outside. People miss being laissez-faire. If you've ever been to Florida and you know anything about the Florida lifestyle, it is very just laissez-faire, do what you want. Um, everybody's got a plot of land that they feel like they're king of. And it's, it's just a mess. There have been huge spikes of coronavirus cases in the South, specifically in the state of Florida. And all I have to say to that is, I'm not surprised, but I'm gonna need my state to get it together. Number one, because my parents are down there, okay? My parents are down there. My majority of my family, elderly individuals are down there and I need Florida to get it together. 
it's just out of control. But it seems to be in the Northeast that things are getting a little better. Everywhere else around the country, things seem to be getting a little bit better. Yes. So let me know how you guys are feeling. Um, just wanted to check in and see how things are going. But with that being said, y'all, let's talk about Black is King. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about it because we have to, okay? It is a cultural obligation for us to talk about Black is King. So, Beyonce released Black is King. It's the visual component to The Gift, which was her soundtrack to The Lion King. Um, and I have to be honest with you guys. I'm really not a huge Beyonce fan in terms of full albums, front to end albums, right? Like I feel like whenever I get a Beyonce album, there's like three to four tracks that are really just like popping to me and I will play those three to four tracks over and over and over again. Um, But front to end album, I just, it never hits with me. But that does not take away from my respect for Beyonce's artistry. I think when Lemonade came about and there was a whole visual to that, I really got a glimpse into really what is her creative genius and I have been sold ever since. Those of you who, you know, give all of your rent money to go see her live on stage have always attested to her ability to truly captivate an audience as a performer. I have not been able to do it. I would love to. I think at this point in my life, I think it's about time for me to go see Beyonce in concert. Um, But visually, Lemonade is the thing that really got me, really got me. So when I heard that Black is, is King was coming out and that it was more of a visual thing, really a film, a story, if you will, um, I was sold. I was sold because I already know what she's going to give us. Okay. She's got the coin. She's got the production. She's got the vision. She's got the team. So how could she not give us something that is just excellent? Okay. Elevated, you know, elegant, all three of those E words. And she did not disappoint. Now, before we get into the actual film, can I say that The Gift as an album front to back, your girl enjoyed, like I enjoyed The Gift. I don't know if it's because I'm, I love Afrobeats and everything that it has to give in terms of uh, production, beat, danceability. All of those things. I love Afrobeats. And so when I heard that this album was really an ode to Africa, featuring African producers, African artists, um, really just so much history and heritage, um, I respected that piece of it. And I feel like that really came through in the music. So to know that Black is King is the visual component of that, I was just, I was ready. I was ready. So I knew it was coming out at 12 p.m., right? Like I knew on Disney Plus, mind you. Now, luckily I had already gone ahead and subscribed me and my family to Disney Plus. I've been watching the Proud Family, all of the Marvel films, all of the Star Wars. I've been getting my money out of Disney Plus. So I wasn't concerned about being able to get it because I am I was already in the Disney Plus club. Um, but 12 a.m. on the day that it was supposed to be released, I'm over there like at 12.01, like, where is it? You know, where is it? This is past my bedtime, but I'm ready to be captivated. Like, what is going on? I go to Beyonce's Instagram and Lord, it comes out like 12 PST, but I am EST. So I had to wait till 3 a.m. 
needless to say, I don't ever stay up that late. My body can't do it anymore. I just can't do it. So the next morning, you know, I get my matcha. I settle on in. I ask my husband if he wants to watch it. He's like, sure, why not? And we watched Black is King. And can I just tell you, you've seen it by now. So I'm just echoing everyone's feelings at this point. Uh, Fantastic. Fantastic. Visually stunning. Um, I think the storytelling is cute enough. I mean, for what it's worth, her pulling together each of those um, songs to carry through a story was interesting to me. Uh, but what you were really here for were the looks. Okay, can we talk about the looks? The looks were absolutely stunning. Beyonce's beautiful. That goes without saying. But the way that she was able to feature um, other beautiful women, I thought was just so admirable in every aspect of that film. Uh, Beyonce showcased women of different sizes, women of different skin tones, women with different hair textures, different hairstyles, um, all of which are very, um, from what I understand, researched in terms of the looks, um, really paying homage to uh, African culture and its authenticity in that regard. And I feel like it came through. Beyonce herself is a light-skinned, Creole heritage individual. Um, So to be able to see that she respected um, the diversity and the beautiful bouquet, really, that which Black people come in, again, in terms of size, skin tone, uh, hair texture, all of that was absolutely beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. And the looks were were bomb. If you want a detailed look into the looks, a look into the looks, I would recommend going to Fashion Bomb Daily. Um, Miss Claire Somers always does her good work. Her and her team does that good, good work in tracking down each of those looks so you can dig in a little further if you like on Fashion Bomb Daily. I'm not really a fashion girl in terms of, you know, really caring about what she's wearing. I just know it looked good. Okay, waist was snatched, colors vibrant, textures popping, vibes on 100. It was absolutely beautiful to see. I watched it three times, <laughs> once with my husband, once while I was editing some photos, and once just to have in the background when I was making dinner because it is such a vibe. I do have to say that the MVPs, I have three MVPs. One is already which I think she actually um, called out as a singular kind of music video in and of itself. So already it's really good. Um, Mood Forever gets me like, (laughs) I shouldn't be laughing like this, but something about Jay-Z's like appearances and all of Beyonce's things cracks me up. Not because of anything foul or negative, but because I just, I love the way that Beyonce is going to forever, like include her husband in all of, in all that she does. Like that entire video was like 100% a Carter production and I'm here for it. That's fine. Um, and then the third MVP, which is probably my favorite was power because visually that was captivating. Like, oh my God. God, power, my favorite. Tierra Whack, 
bomb. First of all, Tierra Wack, fantastic um, artist. If you're not into Tierra Wack, she actually has the first verse on power. Look into sis because she is absolutely fantastic. I personally am a rap girl, not really a hip hop girl. And what that means really is that I care about the lyricism. So that's more rap leaning. She's a lyricist. So I definitely love Tierra Wack. I loved her feature on there. The other two ladies I'm not familiar with. And to be honest, that's the coolest thing about um, The Gift and Now Black is King is that I am now being exposed to all of these really amazing artists that I probably otherwise would have had to dig a little further for and probably would have found on my own in time. But I love that Beyonce is elevating them and allowing us to see really the beauty of Afrobeats and the artists that are authentically in that vein of music. And then really the culture that cultivated this amazing sound. So anyway, those three are my MVPs. And then of course, honorable mention is Brown Skin Girl. And it didn't make my MVPs only because I felt the energy in the other three were just more captivating, but obviously the messaging and the visuals in Brown Skin Girl were fantastic. Lupita was in there, Naomi was in there, Kelly was in there. I just loved it. It was amazing. And uh, my mom and my sister, I text them, uh, we have like a group thread. And I was like, I'm gonna need y'all to watch Black is King on Disney Plus. And they were like, done, right? And then when I called them to ask them about their experience, the first thing they called out was Brown Skin Girl. So I think that is a song that resonates so much um, with black women and it's just beautiful. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song, beautiful message. So that is Black is King. Let me know what were your favorite moments from the film? Apparently it is indeed a film. Um, if we want to talk about the overarching message and story, yeah, Black is King. We kind of follow the story of a young black man and his kind of journey through these different aspects of what is his culture and his coming to be, his coming into himself. And um, I personally have a soft spot in my heart for little boys. I think little boys uh, need more protection emotionally and socially than, um, than little girls do sometimes. I feel like little boys are oftentimes overlooked. And so when I see this little boy and his little journey through life, my heart just kind of flutters because I just love seeing little boys. I just think they, uh, when I look at little boys and especially, you know, it is what it is, little black boys, I'm a black woman. So I, I identify with them in that way. I just want to coddle them and, and support them and love them and all these wonderful things. And I felt that same sort of almost maternal need, um, internal kind of pull towards a young man's story um, because it did start off so young until his growth. And honestly, I also loved seeing um, this sort of elevated, elegant perception of Africa. We oftentimes view Africa, at least here in the United States, as a um, simply a third world country, not a lot going on in terms of business or revenue, um, super rich in culture, but really far behind in terms of techn technological advancements. And Black is King told a different story, which initially I really appreciated. And even now I really appreciate it because I think the visual of that is important. I think sometimes we forget how important a, a strong visual does to our sense of self-worth and our identity. Being able to see uh, people who look like you in really just spaces of excess 
and um, gratuitous wealth. Like, what does that say about us? What does that do for our psyche and self-confidence? So I appreciated that everything felt very uh, elevated while still being authentic to what, from my experience, I know Africa to look and feel like. And um, that, that was my thought. But then I stumbled upon this article um, from Essence Magazine. I'm actually going to pull it up. Um, that kind of spoke to um, the issues and potential harm in romanticizing pre-colonized Africa. This idea that if the white man had not come and messed everything up, that we all would be living lavishly in this level of wealth, um, which is just not true. Um, so let me actually look that up, but well, I thought that was most interesting because I had never thought of it that way. I am a, um, a direct descendant of American chattel slavery. So my ties to the continent of Africa are at least seven generations behind me. So this particular, um, this particular article was written by a girl who had ties to Africa, was actually a native of Africa, had come to the United States in order to pursue um, a dancing career, oddly enough. Um, And so she was able to speak from a different perspective in terms of how the visuals of this could in some ways be a little more harmful than I had originally anticipated. So let me find it. Give me a second, guys. Let me just find it because it was really an interesting article. I should have prepped. I should have. I should have prepped a little better. Um, But let me go ahead and find it. One sec. All right, I found it. So by Essence Magazine. Now, if I'm mispronouncing this young lady's name, I'm so sorry. Um... But it is written by Judy Sel Awakozi. Um, and she is of Burundian descent. And so her perspective, again, like I was saying earlier, was leaning into this idea of a romanticized look at pre-colonized Africa and how that can be harmful and how we personally attach to um, the narrative of what life could have looked like, would have looked like had the white man not come into the country. And also understanding that a lot of the history of slavery um, is a double-edged sword because yes, a lot of people were enslaved from the country and taken by French, English, all these types of European individuals. But the truth of the matter is slavery was already part of the African culture. Um, Many uh, communities of African people owned slaves and sold their slaves into the hands of what we now seem to be the white oppressor. So that's just a truth of that narrative there, right? So I think the article I would recommend that you all take a look because it's just good to have different perspectives and to understand that black people do not you know, exist within a monolith. We all have different perspectives. We all may look similar, but we all have different cultural experiences, different histories. And so this was very interesting to me. Um, The title of the article is Why We Must Be Careful When Watching Beyonce's Blackest King. Um, But yeah, Essence, go on Essence, see if you can find it. It has also been um, reshared, I believe, on msn.com and other places like that. So very good very good, like Auntie Tab say, very good, 
very good. All right. So the next topic, guys, I wanted to talk about, and this one is kind of um, interesting in terms of the natural hair care space. You guys know that I like to keep tabs on what's going on in the natural hair care space because I'm a natural girl. And um, due to current times and just really a shift in energy in the country, there are so many of us who have been focused on supporting black businesses, especially when it comes to products that serve us directly. So that could mean a uh, black where you buy how, where you buy your hair from, where you buy your hair products from, where you're buying um are you buying from a black owned grocer, things like that. So us putting money back into our communities, I think the current wave of the Black Lives Matter movement um in tandem with the pandemic has really put a lot of things into perspective for a lot of us in terms of how we spend our money, where we spend our money, and really the power of the black dollar. So when this particular story popped up for me, I was a little concerned. So let's just hop into it. So if you guys aren't familiar, Miel Organics, which is a black female owned hair care brand, recently came into a little backlash Um, because of some conversations and responses to a digital influencer's review of their rice water collection. So the YouTuber in question is Linda Lynn. I love Linda Lynn. I subscribe to her. We have similar hair types like that 3C, 4A, high density um, hair type. So I love Linda Lynn. She's also from New Orleans. And so her accent is so adorable to me. She says baby and all that cutest. I want Side note, New Orleans. Why do y'all say that? I just think it's just so cute. Like it's adorable. She'd be like, baby, let me tell you. I just love, I love, I love New Orleans. Love Louisiana. But anyway, uh, Linda Lynn did a review of the Miel Rice Water Collection and just shared her honest thoughts and her thoughts were, hey, not really a fan of the collection. Does it feel like a complete collection? Uh, for the record, the collection itself um, included a serum. So a, uh, a hair serum. Hold on, y'all. Actually, let me pull it up. I'm struggling, y'all. Today, today just ain't it. It included a um, rice water moisturizing milk. Um, so similar to like, I would say probably like a leave in of sorts, not something that's supposed to give you tons of hold, but really supposed to moisturize the hair. It also comes with a rice water clay mask. Now this clay mask, um, is not necessarily a deep conditioner, but more of a detoxifier. So if you're looking to really just get your hair back to, back to ground zero, um, in a healthy and, um, detoxifying moisturizing way. The rice clay mask is also part of the collection. They also have the split end therapy. So this comes in like a little, uh, almost like a face serum water droplet sort of um, uh, container. And it's meant to um, honestly just strengthen your hair, fight against split ends. Very kind of self-explanatory there. And then... um, I do believe that may have been it. Oh, and then there was also a uh, a hydrating shampoo. Um, so that is the collection. That's the collection. So um, 
Linda Lynn, again, shared her experiences with the collection and, you know, she had mildly mild things to say, nothing too crazy. She just personally didn't, didn't rock with it, you know, and that happens. Not every product is going to work for everybody. Um, so that isn't the issue. The issue is how Miel Organics responded to this negative review. We'll just call it negative for the sake of the conversation. Um, so they responded. They actually went to Linda Lynn's uh, YouTube video where she shared her experiences. Um, and then the founder of Miguel Organics, if you guys aren't familiar with her, I actually enjoy her. Her name is Monique Rodriguez. Um, she is the CEO and founder. The company is run exclusively by herself and her husband. Um, but I actually like her. I don't have, you know, I, I respect any black female founder and what they are able to do, especially within the beauty space, because it's extremely difficult to really get ahead. Um, but she personally went to Linda Lynn's YouTube page and shared some initial thoughts of like, Hey girl, I don't think you're doing it right. I don't think you're using the products in the right way. That's probably why you didn't get the best results. Linda Lynn being the straightforward, honest, and really candid individual that she is, is like, no, I, I read the product. I read the, the labels. Things were a little unclear on the label, but I read the label and these are the results that I got. And I stand by my review. What then ensued from my understanding and for all accounts, Linda Lynn has updated us on this interaction with Miel Organics, um, their founder Monique, um, in detail on her YouTube page. It's just a, a lot of interesting back and forth. If you guys want the full details on it, feel free to go to her page. It's Linda Lynn, um, Linda spelled L-I-N-D-A, last name Lynn, L-Y-N-N. Um, just go ahead and review it. But I think the overarching theme here is that Linda Lynn felt that as an individual, an influencer who paid her hard on money, this is not something that came in PR or was free to her. Um, she reviewed, she reviewed the product, honestly, an honest unpaid review. And that because her response wasn't favorable, um, the founder then sought her out and began what seemed to be a really tense and um, unprofessional, if I'm to be honest, interaction with her. Um, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't very becoming, honestly. It wasn't very becoming um, of the CEO of the company to really uh, to attack her in that way. Um, so again, go to her video, get the details. But I think the, the biggest piece of this was not only was there back and forth with an influencer about how they felt about a particular product, you know, as the CEO of a company, but um, Linda Lynn was reached out to um, by way of phone um, by Monique and her husband to really confront um, her about the review to continue this conversation about it and, and really almost threaten her in, in not so many certain words about an honest review that she had about a product. Um, Linda Lynn is asserting that the only way that could have gotten her phone number is by looking up her order information. She ordered directly from the site um, to get her information, which is certainly a breach of privacy and confidentiality. So there are a lot of things going on here. So I say all this to say that, um, Miel Organics, once this information was kind of just brought to the public, a lot of other influencers, 
um, came to the defense of Linda Lynn, just really echoing this idea of, you know, as a black influencer, when things are already uh, difficult, we know that black influencers don't get paid as much as their uh, mass white counterparts do. And when I say mass, I mean, you know, mass market. So mass counterparts do, they oftentimes don't get the recognition that they do. They're oftentimes tokenized in the beauty industry. So as a black influencer, when you are actively supporting black businesses and and black female owned businesses by way of paying your money to review a product, um, it just seems a little, it seems a little counterintuitive for um, a brand to feel so slighted by a single review, it seems, that wasn't favorable. When in all honesty, I mean, Yellow Organics um, has done extremely well over the last five years in particular. I think their home and honey and pomegranate collection is one of my favorites um, for my particular hair texture, especially the shampoo and the conditioner. I can easily detangle my hair with it. It smells amazing. My hair looks, feels fresh after. I love that collection. Um, but they've done well with themselves, especially with that collection. And it's just very counterintuitive. And I think that it brought to question for a lot of us who in this time are really seeking to support businesses who support us as people of color, as black people, as black women, where do we kind of say, you know, we also have to be valued the same way we are valuing you as a business we want you to value us as a consumer. And for those who are content creators like Linda Lynn, um, you know, they have to be valued and respected as well. Like what is that balance? What is that customer and a business relationship look like? Because just throwing your money at a business because they're black owned, I feel like is not enough. Even though I fully believe that the same way we blindly throw our money at um, businesses that are not black owned, we should have that same level of just throw at itness <laughs> with black businesses, yes. But when a concern with either professionalism, customer service, and business ethics comes to light with the black owned business, I do not think it's the right thing to ignore those things simply because they're black owned. Because at the end of the day, a business is a business and should be run accordingly. So what do you guys think? Let's have the conversation um, either in, you can comment here, wherever you're listening, you can comment and let me know what you think about that particular conversation. You can also go to um, Nappy Glamour's Instagram account and chat it all up in the comments there. But I'd be curious to know what you guys think about that, because I think for me, all things aside, mistakes happen. I don't think we should throw away the Miel Organics brand and kind of cancel them because their CEO made a mistake because that's not fair. We all make mistakes, seen and unseen. We all make mistakes. But I do think it deserves a conversation of how we are treating our Black-owned businesses and how they're treating us. And, you know, just holding everybody to the same standard of excellence. Same standard of excellence just being fair across the board of things are aren't are not being fair or equal or right on the part of a black consumer by way of a black business that is just as bad as if a white owned business is also doing those same things i'm sure plenty of you agree but would love to hear your thoughts on that for sure 
Well, all right, guys, that's it for our culture conversations today. I think we did a little bit. We did a little light, nothing too heavy, you know. Um, but yes, let's go ahead and get into our next segment. I have some fun things that I want to share with you guys. Something, the singular one thing <laughs> that I have been obsessed with this couple of weeks, these last couple of weeks. So, so excited to share with you guys. So let's go ahead and get into it. We are back, guys, and we are going to be talking about the one thing that I have been obsessed with this week. So journey with me now as we wind down and kind of get into the mind of exfoliation. Yes, exfoliation. What does the word exfoliate mean to you, right? So had you asked me that, like, maybe two years ago, maybe even a year and a half, no, two years ago, we'll say two years ago, I would have thought that meant me scrubbing my skin, particularly my face, um, an attempt to get rid of the gunk and foolishness that's on the top to reveal a more smooth, bright, even, glowy layer underneath, right? I would think exfoliation is the physical agitation that is formed on the skin. But honey, now I know better and I want you guys to know better too because while physical exfoliation is definitely a thing, chemical exfoliation, which is something that I've been researching heavily these last couple of weeks, does a better job of getting you where you want to be. So why do we exfoliate? Again, in an attempt to get rid of the dead skin cells, a dirt, muck, product, all sorts of things that are just kind of sitting on top of our skin Um, Even though we wash our faces every day, we do the best that we can. There are some things that are just part of nature, dead skin cells, clogged pores, fine lines, all those things are just a part of life. So we lean into an exfoliator of sorts in order to remove those things to again, reveal healthier skin underneath. And at the end of the day, you have to exfoliate. If you are an individual who does not have a physical exfoliator in your routine, or what we're gonna talk about today, a chemical exfoliator in your routine. After our conversation today, I hope you'll reconsider and definitely use it. So again, when we're thinking of physical exfoliants, we're thinking of textured scrubs. So the Deadly Apricot Scrub by St. Ives, you guys have probably known by now that that is just like not a thing, don't use it. Don't use it, don't use it. That's an an example of a textured scrub or a physical exfoliant that's probably just a little too harsh and really ineffective. But also exfoliators can be topical cloths or sponges that you use in combination with your everyday cleanser in order to exfoliate. Those, not terrible. Um, But again, they really don't dig into the layers of the skin past the most topical layer. Um, to get you the results that you're looking for, the things that you lean into an exfoliator for. So chemical exfoliators now enter the space. Chemical exfoliators have now entered the chat, girl, because we know better, so we are going to do better, okay? So the benefits of chemical exfoliators as opposed to those physical exfoliators, those textured scrubs that we just talked about, is that they work a little bit deeper. 
right? So we're going beyond just that topical, very most top layer of your skin and really going into these additional layers where you're going to find hyperpigmentation, um, deep pores, dark spots, fine lines, wrinkles. We're going a little bit deeper. We're attacking those sorts of things with chemical exfoliators and they work faster, right? So with your physical exfoliators, you're only able to do so much. There's a lot going on. They're scrubbing. It could take days, weeks for you to actually see the results. Depending on the chemical exfoliator that you decide to use, works faster, right? Five, 10 minutes, however long the application use is for your particular product, you are going to be able to see results in a more dramatic and quicker fashion, which is really what we're looking for. We want stuff to work well and we want it to work fast. Amen? Amen. And so again, chemical exfoliators are excellent at targeting dark spots and hyperpigmentation, fine lines and wrinkles, clogged pores, sunspots, all the telltale signs of aging as well. They are excellent for all of these types of skin, penetrating layers of the skin, breaking down those dead skin cells because dead skin cells are really the bane of everyone's existence when it comes to skincare. Like if you notice that your skin is dull or dry or just not, it's just not giving you anything that you need. It doesn't matter how much you wash it, how much you moisturize it. Chances are you need to exfoliate with some level of chemical exfoliant in order to get you where you need to be. It attacks the chemical exfoliator, attacks those sort of layers of dead skin cells, breaking them down, revealing the beautiful skin that you have underneath, which is fantastic. Um, So the thing about chemical exfoliators is that they obviously vary in intensity. We're going to be talking about those different layers of intensity in just a moment. And depending on what your skin concern is, that will dictate what level of intensity you actually want to lean into. Yes? All right, makes total sense. So when we're talking about the type of chemical exfoliators up until a month ago, maybe two months ago, I was only familiar with the most um, common form. You have probably heard of these, so I'll go through them relatively quickly, but you have AHAs, AHA, so AHAs, those are like your lactic acids, your glycolic acids. Um, You find them oftentimes in serums. If there's like a brightening serum um, of some sort on the market, it probably has an AHA in it, either lactic acid or glycolic acid. So those work to brighten the skin, really reveal a fresher complexion. They are uh, a lighter chemical exfoliant. They are ones that are more intense. That's why you find AHAs in a lot of over-the-counter applications. So then we have our BHAs. So BHAs are really things that work to uh, prevent acne. So like salicylic acid, which you guys will probably find in like Neutrogena, Clean and Clear, any sort of um, Dr. Dennis Roth acne medication. Like if there's an acne medication, it probably has a level of BHA in it um, because it works to, to definitely help and prevent, help prevent and treat active acne. And it also in some ways works as an anti-inflammatory on the skin. So it reduces redness, kind of calms the skin. So it's a bit more intense than your AHA because it's attacking a more of a a serious issue. Um, And then we have TCAs. 
TCAs are more often than not your medical grade chemical exfoliants. So if you are one that is familiar with all out chemical peels, like you go to your esthetician or your dermatologist to get chemical peels, you are using a TCA, okay? So these are gonna penetrate multiple layers of the skin and um, cause the skin to peel. Like you will like, your face will lizard, (laughs) will lizard shed and reveal really soft, supple, beautiful skin. Um, I caution anybody um, who is not familiar with chemical exfoliators at the AHA and BHA level um, against TCAs um, at first. If this is your first time getting into chemical exfoliants, I would definitely recommend that you go for an AHA or a BHA first, depending on your skin concern, and then visit an esthetician or your dermatologist. Your dermatologist will oftentimes recommend an esthetician to perform a chemical peel, THA, TCA peel for you, Um, because again, medical grade, really great for hyperpigmentation, aging, and scarring. So if you have post-acne scarring and you just, you know, those, um, they oftentimes, acne can pit the skin around the face, those type of scars. TCA chemical peels are known for alleviating lots of that concern. But again, super intense. They work by really breaking down uh, the proteins on the top layer of the skin. So um, takes off tons of just old skin. Like we're thinking layers deep here to reveal that brighter skin underneath. Um, so TCAs, again, super serious. I think that when that happens, you got to take off work. Like if you're doing a whole chemical peel with the TCA, got to take off of work. It's going to be like a five to eight day peeling process. The worst days will probably be like days four to seven of those days where your face just looks all sorts of crazy. But at the end of it, you will have brighter, more youthful skin underneath. So that's my whole spiel on TCAs. The fourth of these is going to be your fruit enzymes. Fruit enzymes are super interesting chemical exfoliating. It's because they are plant-derived, obviously. They're fruit enzymes, um, oftentimes in papaya, pears, things like that. So the interesting thing about fruit enzymes is they are the least intense of all the four that we have mentioned thus far because they are naturally derived, right? So if you're an individual who really doesn't have super bad skin concerns, but you got to exfoliate because exfoliation is key, sis. It is indeed key then fruit enzymes is probably something that you want to lean into. Um, So yeah, works similarly to the other acids um, that we have spoken about today. However, because it's naturally derived, it's just a little more gentle on the skin. So with that being said, guys, those four, the AHAs, the BHAs, the TCAs, and the fruit enzymes, you'll see those all day. If you look up chemical exfoliant, go to Sephora, ask for um, a brightener or an exfoliant, it's going to have one of those four ingredients in it. They're super common and a lot of formulas that you find today. What I discovered um, in my skincare journey, I am personally at a place where I don't need something super intense. I just don't need it. I think I've, because I've done more of a wellness journey kind of focus to my skincare where I start from the inside and work my way out, inside out, We actually talked about that on the last podcast. Eat More Beauty is the title of it. So if you want to dig into that, please do. 
Um, but that sort of approach to beauty where my insides and what I'm consuming, it's absolutely clean and absolutely fantastic, anti-inflammatory, great for my skin, I think has brought me to a place where I no longer need the harsher chemical exfoliants in order to get what I need from my skincare. So I was introduced to PHAs. Yes, guys, PHAs. It's a it's a chemical exfoliant, but it's a little bit different. Okay, it's a little bit different. So for those of you who are similar to me and you don't have like heavy skin concerns right now, but you do know you need to exfoliate, similar to a fruit enzyme and its level of overall, um, I guess, impact, how sensitive it is, um, how impactful it is to your skin in terms of sensitivity. PHAs are super like low on the list. They're not going to do anything crazy to your skin. So if you are sensitive, um, this is a perfect option for you. And the interesting about PHAs, which makes it different from AHAs, BHAs, TCAs, and fruit enzymes, is that in addition to it being an exfoliator, it's also a humectant, right? And humectants are literally just things that draw in moisture, okay? Honey is a humectant. Um, That's why you see honey in a lot of hair care products and things like that, even facial masks. Like, there are certain products that draw in moisture, keep things nice and moist, honey. And PHAs have the ability to both exfoliate and moisturize your skin. So you're clean, you're cleaning, you're getting rid of those dead skin cells, but you're also hydrating at the same time, which is super interesting. And another thing about P- PHAs is because the actual makeup of the molecules, this is real sciencey, but hold on, sis, stay with me, stay with me. Because the molecules in PHAs are larger in structure, they don't penetrate as deeply into the skin, which also lends to its ability to not be as harsh on the skin. It's fabulous, right? Right. So I say all this to say that the product that I am obsessed with this week is is a pH formula chemical exfoliator in this beautiful, 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 stunning formula by Ole Henriksen, y'all. Let me just tell you, this is part of their Transform Plus collection. It is called the Fat Glow Facial PHAs and Nordic Birch Sap. Okay, don't know what Nordic Birch Sap is. We'll have to talk about it on the next podcast, sis. But I know what PHAs are all because of this product. I'm tapping it. Can you hear? Yeah, yeah, you can. Um, but this is absolutely fantastic. Now, the formula is really interesting. It's a cream formula. It'll come out of the container pink, but as you massage it into the skin, there's gonna be this beautiful warming sensation, and then the product is going to render white when you massage it fully into the skin, which is a great indicator that you were doing your job. You've done your job, it's massaged in, what have you, you're done. Let it sit on your face for about 15 minutes, remove it with lukewarm water. I use a washcloth to make sure that I get it all off, and honey, can I just say, this is the goat. This is the goat. Let me put the top back on. You hear that? Perfect. Um, Yeah, it's the goat. I absolutely love it. I think that in my skincare journey where I am right now, it's perfect for me. It's perfect. I have no beef with the fat glow facial. I don't. As a matter of fact, I think this product is good for everybody. 
And I don't say that about a lot of products, but I think because it is PHA um, focused and it does enough to exfoliate without harming the skin, this can be used in your skincare routine at different points of your journey. So let's say for instance, you are one who is struggling with acne, but you know that you cannot possibly um, put BHAs on your skin every week or every two weeks. This is a good one to throw in there when you want to get something done, but really don't wanna go for the hard stuff, but wanna make sure that you're maintaining um, your skincare journey. You know what I mean? There are moments here where you don't wanna always go all the way in, but you wanna make sure you're doing the right things by your skin, and this is the perfect one to have in the back of the cabinet. Uh, also, again, if you're one that you've really got a handle on your skincare routine, but know that you need a chemical exfoliator, she's your girl, absolutely fantastic. So I purchased her on Sephora.com, um, cause that's really where I get the majority of my skincare. Um, and I absolutely love her. She's worth the investment. If I'm not mistaken, it is $48. So she's an investment. She is indeed an investment, but she's worth every penny. Um, you get a lot of product and you don't need a lot of product to, to do your whole face. So she will last you a long time as well. So that's it guys. Thanks for, you know, listening to my TED talk about the chemical exfoliators or whatever, but I think it's important to just understand what they do, why they're important and why this particular formula is absolutely wonderful. And again, it's the fat facial because PHAs, you know, fat, P-H-A-T, you know, fat. Fat, fat facial, whatever. You know what I'm trying to do. So clever. Good job, marketing team. Good job. So awesome. Um, but yeah, guys, that is it for our obsessed session. So we're gonna go ahead on and talk uh, talk about the glamspiration for this week. This is gonna be a cute little quick moment, but just some thoughts that I wanted to share with you guys. All right. All right, all right. Now, welcome back, guys. So, you guys know what time it is. It is time for us to get into our glamspiration for this week. And this week, we're going to be doing things just a little bit different. I've got a special guest with me today, Nappy Glam Fam. Let's welcome into the family, Greg. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you want a round Greg. of applause? Yeah, I'm anonymously known Greg. Greg. This is Greg Benjamin, Greg Style Guide on Instagram. Uh, Greg is my husband. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Over A little over a year now. A li- feel? Yes, we've been married for a little over a year now. Are you tired of me? No, I love you. What do you mean? Why would I be tired of you? <laughs> We're still in the honeymoon phase, love. Oh, okay. <laughs> I shouldn't if I was tired of you at this point we would yeah, be in you, trouble you would have been, been tired of me back when we were boyfriend and girlfriend yeah because we dated for a minute while, yeah. how long did we date six seven I feel like it was six years we six, got engaged at like yeah, seven we engaged for a couple of years yeah so we know each other this is not a winged relationship like we mm-hmm. built a foundation here yes we grew together um we spent a lot of time together yeah we had a lot of memories so and we, we, we grew like in life together in the sense that, you know, we started, we met each other in college. Yeah. And then we just kept hanging out. And then yeah. you 
couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> I couldn't get and, rid of you. Uh, I couldn't get rid of you. No. And then here we are today. Here we are. And I think the cool thing about our relationship is as our relationship has grown, we have grown as people. I think who we are now as people is a little different than who we were when we first started dating in good ways. Like we've grown as people, we've matured, we've learned a little bit about ourselves. And I think the one thing that COVID has kind of taught us since we've been like kind of locked down and in the house, it's really helped us to kind of assess um, the people that we are and the people that we want to be. Yeah. Right. It's really like an interesting we've been going phenomenon. Full speed forever, yeah. essentially. And Since then we all began. of a sudden, everything got put on pause. And yeah, we've grown together. But this time, we've never been through anything like this together. No. So um, it's been interesting for, to see both of us go through this in our own unique ways and see how we can, like, we learn from each other from that, you know? Yeah. The growth. I don't know. This has been a growth season. Oh, for sure. For me personally, mm-hmm. for you as well, mm-hmm. and the different ways we've grown. Like you've grown more of like a you know physiological way. Sure. Like I'll help, take like it. Wellness, <laughs> mm-hmm. fitness. Oh yeah, for sure. My fitness has declined, but I've grown. <laughs> I mean, different strokes for different folks. Right. Yeah, because I just the gym's is closed. I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. But I've I feel like I've grown in a more like. Hot, hot, adulting in the sense of like getting my life together yo that's type big of, though type of way adulting is big a big deal yeah because I, I feel like i've just been autumn i've been working off of impulse mm. for like basically my whole life yeah and then it was got to a point where i was like well i'm getting these types of results so like how can i how can i master myself mm-hmm. instead of being on impulse be more intentional and be more strategic about what i do not necessarily like strategy, but more intentional about yeah, what I do. Yeah, being intentional with your actions. Yeah. So that was my journey. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think the interesting part about what you're saying, like this idea of being more intentional, it brings me to kind of like what I wanted to talk to you about today was this idea of the intentionality behind our habits, how our habits what they are now and what they should be can help craft who we really want to be as people. So this idea of the beauty of habit, you know, how really analyzing what we're doing and how we can improve what it is that we're doing in order to get from point A to point B. And I think really COVID and the shutdown really put a lot of that into perspective, like what am I doing and is it helping me become the person that I know I want to be? Yeah. And because you know, you are your habits. Right. What you what you habitually do, what you do regularly is who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, if you um, drink coffee every morning, you're a coffee drinker. You, yeah. You, you might be, you, that's part of your identity. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned over the time is that, you know, maybe some of the things that we're doing often that maybe we don't want to, like bad habits, mm-hmm. that's part of your identity too. So yeah. you can work on reversing those. Um, with, uh, you know, with a lot of like, you know, mindfulness practices. So like it started first with like mindfulness, which was really helpful just in my career. Mm. Like that was helpful in my career mm-hmm. and kind of a little bit in my personal life, but probably in my career. Cause you know, I would go to work and I was just in a fog. But wow. then once I started learning about mindfulness and just like being like very cl- like lucid mm-hmm. and present, mm-hmm in the space just you know turning down distractions and being like fully immersed in what you're doing and focused Mm -hmm. um 
that mindfulness awareness and like your mind is alertness to what's going on right now mm. as opposed to what could or what did or what has that you know those those can that i think that takes away from mindfulness so when i started working on that personally that helped me with work a lot i, th- I think okay. because i feel like i was just performing better okay so then no that's mindfulness and then the next part of it was like oh these habits and i started looking into it and they broke the habits down into i hope i don't get this wrong but they broke the habits down into like so who was they well this was initial research oh just just like a google search because i was i was reading about have i just i think stumbled upon habits Mm -hmm. like through this you know i'm a uh what's what's the word those people that like paper what do you mean the people that make paper (laughs) like like paper Paper lovers, stationary, paper, paperologists. I'm a stationary fanatic. Oh yeah, true. I love my pens. I love my paper. Those are big facts, yo. I love my the notebooks. one thing about Greg is that like he like is a pen snob. You ever met those people? You have a regular old big pen, oh, and they're shit. like, "Ugh, what are you? You lower level pen haver." No, no, you don't play about <laughs> your pens. So I don't play about my pens, and I don't think anyone should. But, um, yeah, so I was into that. And then I, I found this brand called Baron Fig. They have these uh, really good uh, notebooks. Yeah. And then while I was on their site, there was a notebook. They make these, like, they do these collab notebooks, too, that are, like, not collab notebooks, but more collab journals. Okay. So that you can, like, they're, like, templated journals that can allow you to take you through a process. Mm-hmm. There's one for, like, food food diary like you type your recipes i mean you not type you write your recipes oh is that for like fitness like maybe just no, like tracking just for, your food just for those people who like to cook oh it's not, not, it's not like a, a fitness thing oh interesting okay so you know you put your recipes in it there was one for like those who are career focused and then this one was then there was one i stumbled upon was um for like habit work hmm. and it was done in collaboration with james clear and I was like, that's interesting, habit tracking. Oh, that's that's kind of cool. What is this? So I looked into habit tracking, and they were just talking about how, like, your habits are who you are. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, you know, I'm also, you know, not only am I a stationary uh, fanatic, or, you know, I'm also, I like seeing plots and graphs. <laughs> I like, I like seeing charts. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I love... I don't, it don't even, the numbers don't even, I don't even do anything about the numbers. I just like seeing the numbers. I like I'm seeing, laughing because it's so true. Yeah, and like they have no cool. idea it's how detailed you get with these charts. We'll have to go do another episode where we talk about how detailed you get on that. But yeah, it's true. You like to track things. You like to see the data. I love to see the data. So mm-hmm. I was like, shoot, I get to see the data of what I'm doing, my habits. I'm not, I may not do anything about it, but <laughs> I'll see that I, you know, didn't go to the gym last month. Or I went to the gym three times last month. Right. You know, or this month, wow, I went six times. Wow, what? A, who's, who's this new guy? So <laughs> I just was just, I would just like the idea of just tracking things. Yeah. So I, I, I got this habit tracker, started tracking my habits, and then like at a snap of a finger, a year went by. Yeah. And I've been tracking habits for a year. Because, I mean, time goes. Because I just liked, I liked putting the numbers and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I was like, well, let me look at my numbers for the year. Yeah. And... It really showed that, like, I, tr- I tracked a few things that I felt was of value to me. Okay. Going to the gym, mm-hmm. um, you know, e- eating dinner at home. Okay. Because uh, I would, you know, we eat out often. I wanted to see if we can get to more of a eating dinner at home habit. Mm-hmm. Um, other things like f- tracking my finances, yeah. 
um, in a couple like working on so some like things you felt that yeah. would be super like things of value. Yeah, I just things of value I just threw it out there. I was like, these are things I want to make sure I'm doing. So let me just try. These are good habits I want. Sure. So I started doing that. A year went by. Like a, I was surprised. Like, well, I've already done like twelve of these mm-hmm. because they're monthly. Um, and then like I I was like plotting them and everything was just low. Mm. <laughs> there was like, like oh, neither okay. like an increase nor a decrease. It's like it was, I'm just. I'm tracking these habits, but the habits ain't changing. Like, the frequency of which I'm doing these things that I want to do is not changing. Not changing. Right. So, I put the cart in front of the horse. I started tracking habits. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, with no active desire to change it. Mm. So, it was kind of like I just pointed the mirror at myself for a year mm. and just said, this is what you did in a year. You think you a fitness person? You're not. Because <laughs> you went to the gym all the of 12 times this year. <laughs> Look at the numbers. Right. Oh, you run a business? <laughs> really? <laughs> According to the tracking numbers, you, you worked on your business three times in that month, two times that month. You didn't even work on it that month. What happened there? Mm. Oh, you was on a trip? Oh, okay, I guess vacation matters more than, you know, so it was just like, it really was startling to see that mm-hmm. so then then i started diving into well then how can i change my habits mm. and then you know i did this all of this backwards really because the, <laughs> the the habit tracker um by james the by baron fig in collaboration with james clear right james clear is an author of a book called atomic habits yes that um that he talks to how to you know break down your your habits to an anatomic level or atomic level sure like in, like incremental atoms mm-hmm. that add up to the you who you are like hence the title atomic, atomic habits. habits very clever title mind blown know? so then in that book he talks to um some of the things that he's uh, researched as far as diving into the human potential mm. via habits mm-hmm. and how you know in the beginning of i'm kind of like a quarter of a way through the book but in a quarter of the way of the book, I've learned a lot that I started implementing. Mm-hmm. And it was just talking about like 10% change can, add, like little incremental change can add up to a bigger uh, wave, like a snowball effect of growth in your life. Right. So just little things. And mm-hmm. it starts at those little habits. Mm-hmm. Like just saying that I will um, go to the gym or setting a goal of some sort mm-hmm. saying like putting that habit of going to the gym mm-hmm. will lead you to the person that you want to become which is a fit snatched person mm-hmm. so the goal is to become who you want to be mm. and using those habits strategically in order to feed into that identity exactly to right? build up the person because you don't become that person overnight you, right. you become that person mm-hmm. through your habits and when i say that person i'm speaking to like that goal that you're trying to get to yeah it's like on the horizon because like, it could be a number of things for for different people right mm-hmm. and i think what's interesting about what you said this idea of like your habits and the little p- things that you decide to really commit to and and them adding to or leading you into the person that you want to become because it doesn't happen overnight i think a lot of people and myself included have just automatically assumed that because I set my mind to something and I'm somehow committed to it, then I am all of a sudden, like, it's just my life is going to reflect these things. But then I realized that the things that I was doing, 
either consciously or subconsciously were counterintuitive to what I was trying to become. So say for instance, and we'll use fitness because that is the most ready example that I have. Like for instance, like I've always wanted to be a fit person. I personally just reside somewhere in the middle of the scale. I'm not like terribly unfit, but I'm not terribly fit either. I'm oh, like right side. there I, in you, the middle. You, you a whole snack. So I don't know where that's coming from. But <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Thank you, love. But I feel like I'm like somewhere in the middle. So it's like, but I want to become an above average fit person. But like in, in my mind, I, I, I feel like this is like a thing for me. But then when I was like looking at like how often I ate out or how little or how inconsistent I was with my workouts, how um, just, you know, just uncommitted really I was to that lifestyle. I'm like, oh, well, like I want to be this person. And over time, months and months go by and I still have this urge to be this person. But like my life, my actions, the little habits here and there are not reflecting the fact that I am this person. And you really turned me on to that because I think, you know, I was just very much like you, I guess, just like, tracking things and not realizing that like I'm really not changing like me tracking my habits should be saying oh I didn't do enough so I need to do more right yeah and you have we're all like optimists like we're all like (laughs) I'm gonna be a millionaire yeah I am gonna freaking you know I'm gonna go backpacking in Europe for a month Mm -hmm. I'm gonna live this life but you, 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 you don't just show up there. You don't just show up as a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to do these little incremental things to get there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, specific to like, you know, beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure, you know, in your journey, you've, you've gone through, you've, you've made it part of your identity mm-hmm. to like really pursue this goal of like, you know, having the, you know, your hair a certain type of way, mm-hmm. you know, your skincare regimen a certain mm-hmm. type of way so that you can reach that goal. But it, it takes the nightly routine it, it takes does. the mm-hmm. the the moment you drop the ball on that you start to slip away Oof. from that that identity that right you are. Mm-hmm. And, I, and from what i've what i was reading so far and then i keep saying identity because that was one of the concepts of like you know that goal that you have for yourself whether it be like you know having you know improving your the quality of your skin you know improving your your wealth your 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 diet yeah you know it's you need to start to make it your identity. Mm. Like you have to say, I am a person. This is who I am. This I am a person who works on my business. I am a student who's going to become a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I am in school for this. So I, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. So anything that doesn't, any action or anything that you're about to do that doesn't, that's a contradiction mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, it starts to become like un un. Savory, mm, uncomfortable. uncomfortable. It doesn't fit. It doesn't you know, fit. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the easiest example that a lot of people can understand is the fitness thing. Right. So if you're like a person who says, you know, I'm a gym rat. I'm a fitness person. I, I have six pack abs, whatever. Um, Bless the moments, you. you know, it's tough out here. Won't you do it? But <laughs> the the moment someone puts like a cake in front of you, you you start to be like, oh, I'll just take just like one bite or I just, you know, I'm probably good on that mm-hmm. because you've made it part of your identity that it starts to like contradict who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, once something goes against who you are, that's, that's kind of like, it's no coming back from that really. You're, right. you're, now you're challenging who I am as a person. Right. So once you start to make those things, whatever that goal is, mm-hmm. who you are as a person, mm-hmm. it can help navigate your journey as you're trying to reinforce those habits. Mm. So... 
Yeah, so like that's part of like the craving. Yeah. Like your craving is tied to your identity because you know you get you get like I want to be a millionaire, so I need to start, I need to start managing my money correctly. Yeah. Because if I don't see my budget, if I don't see my savings account grow, Mm -hmm. I can never get to that point. Right. So the moment you see your savings account grow, it satisfies that craving. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where habits. In order to see your savings grow, you need to have a habit of saving. Right. You know, you know, and then eventually you get to the point where you have a habit of investing. Yeah. And you have a habit of seeing return and mm-hmm. gains. And then that becomes the, the drive and that craving for you to like continually pursue that mm-hmm. habit mm-hmm. so that you can get to that end goal. Right. There are, there are pieces here. There's your craving. There's the habit. Mm-hmm. As a result of the craving, all working towards you becoming uh, this person that you've now identified who you are. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, when I realized that, um, that my habits were not growing, mm-hmm. which was around the beginning of the quarantine life. Yeah. Um, because I had a lot of time to look at this data, and I just Ain't nothing a, else to do. Right, ain't nothing else to do. <laughs> I'm looking at a spreadsheet where I put in all of my habit numbers for each month and seeing the plot over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my life. You don't have to do this, y'all. Y'all don't have to plot a graph, but if you want to plot a graph, reach out to Greg Style Guide on Instagram because he got you. Yes, visualizations are key. You can <laughs> see your peaks, your your valleys. But the, that was the thing. I, I plotted it, and I just saw, like, Jim was this flat. Mm. And it was low. Not flat and high. <laughs> you, can, you can have it's flat like, high. It was like every like, day you were you know, going. Oh, yeah, that's it a was good like... Flat. But this was flat and low. You yeah. want to be flat and low. Well, you want to be, well. It depends. If you're trying to stop smoking and you say, uh, my habits of smoking need to go down, yeah. so you want that to be flat and low, mm-hmm. which means the curve is literally low at the bottom, which is close to zero. Sure. So mo- all of my habits were building habits. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't I didn't really have any habits I wanted to stop. Yeah. I wanted habits I, that I wanted to, to grow. Positive. Because that was my challenge. I think I, I don't really have any vices that are really killing me. Yeah. Um, other than... I don't really partake in anything consistently that I can't control. Right. I kind of have a good hand on sugar, mm-hmm. candy, <laughs> you know, them Welch's fruit snacks. Do you? No, you are good. I'm like once a, one bag a week. Yeah, but before, two, maybe two bags a week. You've gotten much better on the Welch's fruit, fruit snacks. Yeah. yeah, so I'm keeping my sugar low. Very I've good. i try to try monk fruit sugar That's on true. my coffees instead of... And I am sugar. so proud of you with the monk right. fruit sweetener. We'll talk about that next week. Monk fruit, very right. important. Sugar will jack you up. So that's why I'm trying to keep that low. <laughs> right. But I don't have a habit for that. But anyway, why am I on that? But anyway, <laughs> so I have habits that are, I'm trying to grow, bring them up. So um, one of the habits is like going to the gym more. Because I genuinely want to stay snatched for a long time. Sure, I, yeah. I'm lucky I have a metabolism that is seemingly ironclad. I look the same. I wear the same stuff from senior high it's school. It's mind-blowing. And I'm just... And I just think God missed me. Like, he, you know, he's like taking people down and he just... I just must he's be He's snatching metabolisms right. left and right, but he, you I keep ducking be. and dodging, Jesus. Right. So, maybe I don't know what's going on with that, but neither here nor there. Here We are, here we are. But I want to enforce habits so that when God finds me and snatches that metabolism away from me. Because it's coming. It's coming. Your day is coming. It's coming. Let's be honest. I mean, there's only... A- this is not going to last forever. <laughs> so, once that day comes, I've already got habits enforced and it's not an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't yeah. have to struggle to... And and a big part of health is like you know you're you're eating dinner at home. Yeah. I want to make sure those are on point because mm-hmm. when I get old, I don't want to have these issues with health 
and stuff like that. And I realized you got to do that stuff now. Yeah. Build the habit so mm-hmm. that when you get old, it's not like a, oh, I got to change my life. I'm yeah, 60 years old. It's not like old. difficult to do, like a like the idea of teaching old dog new tricks. Like at this point, you've built the habit. The goal is to right. build the habit so that this becomes a consistent part of life because it really is a journey like you're not going to have these habits and then like drop them once you reach your goal or whatever quote-unquote goal like this is now part of your identity like you were saying like your life and i think you know what habit building habit building building, yes habit building because you do have habits that do fade away once you reach the goal yes but this idea of um habits and and consistently working towards improving them being a part of your life Right? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was looking into this, because I do want to improve my the way I'm living my life mm-hmm. um, in those facets that I've defined for myself, which are those little habits that I track. Yeah. Right? Um, I was looking, how do you change this? Mm-hmm. How do you turn this flat, lo- low, flat, mm-hmm. flat and low? Flat and how low. Do you turn it, how do you start turning it up so you get a little, like a ramp? Yeah. And you go up and you high. And flat. High and flat. That's high the goal. Because you don't want to just go up and then go back down. You no. want to be up with a ramp. Right. High and flat. And consistent. And stay high and flat for a long time. Consistency is key, honey. Yeah. So, it was. I read. I was reading the book. I looked up some things, but it all boiled down to uh, four things. Okay. They called it, uh, and it, it primarily. I saw one version of this in a, in, a, in a website, but I really liked the version in the Atomic Habit. Mm-hmm. Um, they called it cue, craving, mm-hmm. um, response, and reward. Okay. Cue, craving, response, and reward. Okay. This is how you engage those habits so that you do them. Mm-hmm. So you create a cue for the habit. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's gym and I say, I need to go to the gym twice a week. Mm-hmm. So what is my cue? Personally, what I used was an alarm on my phone. I put alarm on the day and the time at which I need to do it when I know it's convenient, like when I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. I don't put the alarm at like when I'm at work or when I got to cook dinner. I do it at a time where I know I will be ready to go mm-hmm. because environment is really important. You don't want to set yourself up for failure. Right. So it was right at like six o'clock, right when I'm getting off of work, I have an alarm that goes off twice a week that says gym. Now, the next part of that is the craving. Okay. So... What I've programmed myself, and I've detailed my craving for each of my habits. Sure. So my gym craving is I want to look snatched when I am old. Yep. That is what's going to make me satiate to or after that goal, mm-hmm. after that habit, mm-hmm. not goal, habit. Right. We're not goal speaking. We're sure. Habit, habit speaking. speaking. Mm-hmm. So, Different language. So what's going to get me up out of my seat after I see that alarm get me up out of my seat and start putting on my gym clothes is the idea of I want to look a certain type of way when I'm 70, mm-hmm. when I'm 60. I want to be snatched. Right. I want to be trim Together. I want I want these suits to be on, like, just chiseled on my body. You know, I want these suits to be enveloping me. You I know, know that's I don't right. want bulbous. I don't want buttons being stretched. No, sir. I want drape. Okay. Oh, come on, drape. drape. Yes, drape. No, no stretching, shearing of no, fabrics. Not at all. Not at. So, that's my craving. Yeah. My cue is alarm. Alarm goes off. I see the. I see the six. I see the six p.m. alarm yep. on twice a week saying gym. The craving is I gotta look right. Yep. So that's the. That's what triggers my brain, and the response is, I get up 
put on my gym clothes and go do the workout. Whatever, and I have a few workouts like I have a YouTube video yeah. workout. We go to you know go to the park and do that thing. Mm-hmm. You rollerblade and I try to run. Yeah, um, those so are fun. the things. You know, so that's the response. And then the reward is, I think reward is good as well. As you say, I put a reward of like, if I like to buy stuff, right? So I like, <laughs> I love buying new clothes. I love technology. I'd love to like get these things. So what I've done is I've positioned those purchases at the end of my habits. Okay. So if I do the reward for me consistently doing the response of getting up, going to the and go and doing something physically you know demanding for a workout yeah is if i do it like consistently hit it twice a week for two months mm-hmm. i get to buy myself like gym clothes mm-hmm. or i get to get new sneakers mm-hmm. or if i do it for six months i get myself an apple watch you yeah know? And it's like like that's that helps too because it's like i want these things but then and i, I, don't, I can't buy it <laughs> because I need to work out to get right. it. Because then I'm just wasting my money. I'm buying gym clothes. I look fly. And you wait, but, you, but you're not working out. Where you where, where are you wearing these clothes to? Right. So that's 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 the whole picture. It really is a cue, craving, response, and then make sure you have a reward on the back end. I like that. So that you can make you can further satisfy that craving, mm-hmm. and you can start to submit that response. Mm-hmm. You need to get up and do the thing that you have. Have, that you're tracking to have it up. Yeah. You got to get up. It's one thing to have the alarm. You got to have the craving with it to, right. to remind you why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the why, why do I even care? Right. Mm-hmm. Why do you care? What is the motivation for this? Mm-hmm. That will then get you up out your seat mm-hmm. and you do the response, mm-hmm. which you need to clearly lay out what the response is so that you know what you got to do. Right. Because a lot of times we kind of get caught up. We don't know what is it. We don't know where the gym's at or we don't know what is the, the what is the book that I'm supposed to be reading if mm-hmm. you're trying to get through books. You need to have all that prepared, mm-hmm. and then your reward helps drive you along. Mm-hmm. You know, setting up those nice rewards for you is kind of it's kind of fun at the end of hitting milestones in your habits. Yeah, and I think too that uh, one of the things that I think a lot of us deal with is you know not understanding how to get from point A to point B, how to become better in my habits. And I think that this process that was kind of dictated in the the James Clear book, Atomic Habits, is that that four kind of pillar method. Because I think that is what we were missing and that's what so many people are missing when it comes to their personal development and growth is this idea of, I want to get from point A to point B. I kind of have an idea of how what, I mean, I've read up about it, I know what I'm supposed to do, but how does that practically look in my life? Because my life looks different than your life, looks different than her life, than his life. How does that show up in my life? And I think by having that evaluation of ourselves it takes a lot of introspective work which is why I think a lot of this popped up during the quarantine time because you really have the opportunity to really sit with yourself and decide like yo like some stuff really just ain't working like it's really not working out here but once you've done that introspective work and are able to identify that hey you know you know I just you know I, I don't I'm not rewarding myself there's no there's no like I'm not feeling motivated because I'm a rewarder or I don't even have a cue for this like what is like how do I know when I'm supposed to do this thing that is supposed to get me from point A to point B so I think that you know nappy glam fam what I want you guys to really take away from this is that there's very much a level of journeying 
from um, who we are today and the people that we are uh, always working to become. We talk about this on the podcast a lot. There's aspects of personal growth that we're all working towards. But I have learned through my husband and his work with habits is that if I don't have a plan, that all of it is for naught. Like, honestly, if I don't have a plan, then I'm just throwing away years and years of my life. And I have been there. I have started projects that never got finished. I have had ideas that were cool in the beginning, but I never followed through on them. And it wasn't because they weren't good ideas or it wasn't a good thing to do or I wasn't capable. It was just that my environment and my habits weren't reflective of who I was really trying to be and where I was trying to go. So I think, you know, it's, it's, this is cool. Like the beauty of habit is that proper habits and proper procedures can get you where you want to be quicker and more efficiently. And I think that's really dope. I think it's cool. Yeah. And like, you know, those four, you know, cute craving, cute craving response reward, you know, what I've been reading so far is that when you pair that with making that habit, part of your identity mm. and making the habit like enjoyable yeah making it like fun mm-hmm. um can help you make it something that is part of your life because mm-hmm. life is meant to be lived and mm. it's meant to be enjoyed right. and you know a lot of those things that drive us you you make that craving like tangible mm. you make it like you know i just want to freak i want to buy a house cash 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 you know true. that is that says that's like your mouth is watering at the yes. idea of being able to sign that check. Mm-hmm. That it could be the craving mm-hmm. that drives you to do the response mm-hmm. of budgeting, mm-hmm. of looking for ways you can invest your money. You know, looking for a job, looking for ways you can increase your skill sets. You know, um, off changing your habits of bad. Uh, you know, you know, maybe reducing debt or mm-hmm. like, you know, bad habits that are like not lead, not helping you get to that craving yeah. of buying a house cash with a check. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then and making it fun. So like, you know, finding those things that you value. Like I love charts. So like when I do my hat, my, my budgeting and stuff like that, which one of my habits is like, you know, increase like my, my net worth mm-hmm. and like my goal is to increase the net worth. The habit is budgeting. Yeah. Um, because it allows me to see things and see when things aren't making sense. Because yeah. if my debt is going up, my net worth is not going up. Hello. It's going down. Hello. So Facts. I like seeing the charts. So mm-hmm. when I see my charts, I can see the thing go up. That's mm-hmm. what I like. Yeah. Maybe some people, they like, they may use some other form of of, of habit tracking that that satisfies them. Mm-hmm. It could primarily be reward leaning. Sure. Like your rewards got maybe are on point mm-hmm. to help you uh, enjoy those habits that you're trying to develop yeah i think it's a very personable personal it has to be personal what works for person a is not going to work for person b and i think that's one of the bigger takeaways of this too is that all this is a very personal thing but the only way to get personal is to get real with yourself because no one knows you better than you nobody knows their vices better than you knew no one knows how lazy you can be except you know what i mean you gotta really be in tune with yourself so overall guys i think that like enacting this idea of habits um it's been super beneficial for us as a couple it's been beneficial for us as individuals bringing our best selves into our marriage 
And so I think, I mean, this is, this isn't a marriage conversation. This is, uh, you know, individuals, you know, have to work on things. It's just that it's helped us as well in our marriage. But I think guys that it is worth looking into Atomic Habits by James Clear. Don't put the cart before the horse like we did, right? Read the book, (laughs) read Atomic Habits by James Clear. And then if you're interested in starting to track your habits, we both started out with um, the Habit Tracker Journal. That's that uh, collaboration with uh, Baron fig and James Clear that Greg was talking about look into it see if that works for you Greg transitioned into more of a digital chart sort of thing through Excel sheets and what have you if that works for him I'm more of a pen to paper person so I still write things down like again it's totally personal but I think the beauty of habit is the personal piece of it and I think it's just really cool that you know we have gotten to a place that we're even able to talk about it. You know, it's still a journey, but we can talk about it and share with other people because it could be helpful. Could yeah, definitely, definitely be helpful. Definitely. Yeah. So that's it, guys. Anything else you want to say to the people? Get your habits right. <laughs> you know, snatch them waste. Yes, because we are uh, snatched all twenty twenty, right? Mm-hmm. Because drinking water is essential. It's essential. <laughs> so, oh, I have a question for you. I asked this to my first guest. You're my second guest. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. What does beauty mean to you? Well, beauty for me uh, means what do you, what shines out of you. Mm-hmm. So, what energy are you radiating out into the world? I think that's what's beauty, mm-hmm. and that's what makes people attracted to you. Wow. I love it. That's a really good answer, hon. Very good. good. I'm so proud of you. Wow. So sweet. But that's it, guys. That is it for our episode. Thank you so much for listening in. So, again, if you want to check out all the products that we talked about today, I'll be highlighting a lot of the books and notebooks that Greg called out today. Head on over to Nappy Glamour on Instagram. Follow us. And then, of course, look into all that information. Um, But until next time, guys, love you. Love you all so very much. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.